Which next step is the best fit for your future? What can you do to accelerate your professional development? And how should you navigate different workplace challenges? I'm Kyle Gantos, and our team is on a mission to crowdsource insights, best practices, and action plans from accomplished peers, all who began their career in Big Four, to help guide you wherever you want to grow. Welcome to episode two, season two. We got a brand new crew, equipment upgrades, awesome people. And today's topic is one that uh, I think speak to everybody at some point in your career, and that is how to ensure you're being developed professionally, even if you feel stuck today. And I want to go around the horn real quick, introduce yourself, and then can you think of a point in your career where you felt stuck for the first time or maybe the only time? Sarah, you want to kick us off? I'm Sarah Richter, and I'm very passionate about this topic because every one to two years, I start to feel stuck when I've been doing the same thing for too long. And so it's one of those rhythms that I like to find and get myself out of. I'm Jonathan Willis. Uh, I think the first time I ever felt stuck in my career was at my first job when I was a teacher. My name is Callie Light, and I can say the last time I truly felt stuck was at a previous job where I was doing monotonous work over and over, and there wasn't a lot of room for advancement or trying new things. And so that really kind of got me stuck in my mindset and development. And I'm Kyle Gantos, and I've probably along the lines of, of Sarah, uh, I did the math a different way, but I'd probably <laughs> say like 10, 15 times I felt stuck throughout my career. So um, yeah, this is, this is something we're all gonna have to deal with at some point, uh, no matter how fast you're growing or wherever you're going, life changes, we change, our environments change. If we had to start somewhere within this topic, where's the, where's the most important place to start, Jonathan? The most important place to start? I think there's a couple different things that are interesting on this topic. There's a component of development and there's a component of being stuck. So when you're talking about development, that's more of a, we talk a lot, uh, the people around me talk a lot about uh, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So this idea that I am not where I am right now, I am the culmination of everything that I've done up until this point, and I am like the future where it is that I'm looking to go, and that's all one thing. The way I generally refer to it is there's power in the word yet, so I may not be good at something yet, but I can be good at that thing in the future. So when you're feeling stuck, there's, you know, how do I, how do I get out of being stuck? And then how do I go through and how do I do, uh, how do I do development? And really, I just look at it as being kind of a sliding scale of like, there are going to be times where you're going to take dips and you're going to feel stuck in a particular area, but sitting there and thinking, this is me, this is finite, this is where it is that I'm at. That's a very limiting mindset. And there's a growth mindset that you can take to get yourself unstuck from there. I think part of what I'm hearing is that, you know, it's, it's almost inevitable, but like being able to set new goals mm -hmm. um, and kind of your own map for getting to the yet part. Mm -hmm. And there's things that you realize along the way where it's, it, there, there's, there's always going to be a new challenge. There's always going to be something new. And it's very odd when you, at some point, at various points in my life, in my career, I felt like, well, I should be at this particular mm -hmm. place right now. And then you sit there and you go, and I'm not. And then that you get into that limiting 
mindset of this is where I'm stuck at, this is the end of my potential, but sitting there and going, well, okay, I did all this work, I got to this point, and now that's not exactly where it is that I wanna be. It's like, okay, that's just a new goal, and now there's new things that we need to set in order to be able to get there. Have you, have either of you ever, you know, fall into that habit of looking externally and then the next thing you know you've got this this new gap that, that you maybe you weren't even considering yourself but just because you turned in the the wrong direction or the right direction I guess but uh what's that been like for you Sarah? I think my experience with some of this Jonathan said the words uh not where I should be for me it's more about I don't know where I want to be I think I start to feel stuck because I for most of my career, I didn't really know what I wanted and I didn't really have that goal insight that I was really pushing towards. So it was kind of feeling lost because I knew I wasn't going where I wanted to go, but I didn't know where I wanted to go. <laughs> it kind of just felt lost, like a floating around at sea, kind of caught up in what I like to call the accounting river where you're just floating along and you wake up one day and you say, oh, I'm an accountant. <laughs> Why do you think it is that we don't know where we want to go? I think because we don't know what's out there. You so know, okay. like think about if you ask a five-year-old what they want to be when they grow up, for some reason, marine biologist is like a top 10, like list of jobs that kids think you have. But like, I don't know that, you know, you were a former educator, Jonathan. Like, are we, <laughs> are we teaching children what careers exist out there? I know by the time I got to college, I had no idea what careers were out there. I, th I mean, I think that even within the accounting profession, we don't talk right. about all the different options that are available yeah. to you from there. You go into, into anywhere and they just go, all right, you're either going to do tax or you're going to do audit or maybe be a bookkeeper somewhere. <laughs> but like, that's, that's what you got. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, you get into different places and things open up and it's, Oh, okay, no, like there's a lot of different possibilities within that. So yeah, I think to your point, there's a lot of exploring that we all have to do. Yeah. So then I guess then the question becomes, if if within the current system, we're not getting that exposure, what are some ways that we can get out of that bubble on our own? I think one way is look at the people around you. I've, I've been given that advice um, you know, when I was beginning my career and I looked around at the people I was working with, there wasn't anyone there at my prior company that had a job I wanted one day. I was mm. looking at them, I was looking at what they did day in and day out, and I wasn't sitting there thinking, ooh, I want to do that. So I think there's an element of networking and getting to know people and understanding and just kind of doing that exploration, trying to find that person who you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's what I want to be when I grow up. That's what I want to do. I, I, I think that looks appealing. And in the same token too, just that, that process, you're you know, you're also crossing things off the list, which which yeah. if you don't know where you want to go, at least at least you're like mm -hmm. making the it's the list is shrinking. <laughs> when you're lost at sea and you eliminate certain directions, <laughs> yeah. it helps. There's a definitely bit. not yeah. laying that way. Yeah. yeah. Callie, how did you figure out how did you how did you start to figure out your own direction where you might want to go? Was there uh, an individual? Was there uh, somebody who came and, and spoke or was it, you know, you just were in the right place at the right time and got exposed to something completely different? Yeah, I think it's honestly a mix 
of everything that you just said. So when I was in college in my master's program, I was on track to start audit in Dallas. Um, typical right out of Baylor, go do that. Um, and then in a class, we had a speaker come from DC and I was like, you can work in DC as an accountant. I didn't know that because I've lived in <laughs> Texas my whole life. And so I got really interested in government, not-for-profit sector, public sector. So I immediately called my recruiter and said, I want to move to DC and I did that. Um, so that was, one, I think, taking leaps even when you're scared um mm -hmm. is brave and exciting and you really don't know if it's going to be good or bad but i think the experience is worth it i spent two and a half years doing that in dc and then i heard about teaching abroad and i was like i want to do that and so i went and taught english in south korea for a year and so i think so someone can look at my background and say that's the epitome of like I'm bored, I wanna do something different. <laughs> and then literally yeah. doing it. Yeah. And it is scary and people say, how did you do that? And I say, yeah, it's really scary. But like, if you don't put yourself in that situation, you're not gonna grow. And so similar to what Sarah said, I looked around at people at my company or people that I was around all the time. And I said, I don't wanna do that when I'm older. Or it wasn't even the job, it was what does their life look like? Are they happy? Are they enjoying coming to work every day? And I know a job is a job, but are they really, do they look fulfilled? And if they're not, like, why would I want to follow that path if I'm not going to be fulfilled? Mm -hmm. You bring up a good, uh, another layer of this uh, that I just thought of, which is not even, not, not just the work, but sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, the work environment or where mm -hmm. you're doing it and mm -hmm. how maybe that gives you access to outdoor activities because that's super mm -hmm. important to you. And all these things are kind of interconnected. I suppose also you, you're, as you're doing that, mm -hmm. you know, you had a positive experience. Right. So then I imagine your confidence level or willingness to like reinvent or go down a new path and blaze your own trail again then mm -hmm. becomes a little bit easier each time right. because it's set up. Conversely, and it's, I'm going to pick on you because it sounds like <laughs> you know, once every on. two years, you, you, you know, you might be in one of the situations. How do, how do you deal with I feel stuck? Maybe yeah. the next thing I go try also isn't the solution. How does that affect you mentally and, and or your ability to ultimately find the right fit? Yeah, I think there's a handful of questions you probably want to ask yourself if you do feel stuck. One of them is, do I like the place I'm working at? If you feel stuck and you're at a place where there's nothing else about the job you really like either, then it may be time to look for external opportunities. But if you're at a place where you like what you're doing for the people you're doing it with or the environment you're in, but you just feel like that developmental stuckness, um, then I would start considering, well, what action steps can you take? And asking yourself the, the questions, well, what do I enjoy about what I'm doing? Um, I got the great piece of advice to not run from something, but run to something. And so even in that feeling stuck, there's some internal work that you have to do to figure out, okay, but what do I want? What do I want to do? What will help make me feel unstuck? And all it is is just taking one step in the right direction. And then hopefully, you know, maybe you were heading this way, you step a different way and eventually you end up somewhere else. And then maybe you'll boomerang back to the other side and, you know, just go back and forth. But with each iteration, you're gaining new experience, you're expanding your exposure, you're gonna be better at whatever you try next because you now have this new experience. So I think just that courage that Callie was talking about to try new things and not feel like you have to stay stuck but just taking a step forward. Yeah, I know we, we talked about benchmarking ourselves whether we whether we want to or not. It's almost 
it's almost hard not to with social and mm -hmm. if you're plugged in at all even on accident you can kind of feel that <laughs> uh get that feeling of oh nothing i'm doing is mm -hmm. good enough right but yep. i suppose you know what i'm hearing too is just this it seems like each of you have a certain comfort level with kind of the journey and the process and knowing that like to your point earlier jonathan it's i'm i don't have this or i'm not this yet but i'm going to pivot and try this or cross things off the list and then ultimately i'm going to find where i need to be and once that clicks i'm going to feel really good and that's probably going to happen a few times over yeah. my life it, it's so funny because i don't know about y'all but like when i was younger in my career it just felt like everything was so urgent mm -hmm. like i have to figure it out now but the more years i've worked yep. and the older i'm getting which i'm starting to sound like a grandma these <laughs> days, but you're just like oh your career is long like yep. you, we work for 30 to 40 years like we have a long runway to figure some of these things out you don't need to figure everything out when you're 23. <laughs> you don't have to know what you want to do for the rest of your life the day you graduate from college and i think there's there's so much in what both of you said and sarah you talking about the place that you like to work at and then kyle what you were talking about uh just a second ago which is um the journey like embracing that kind of that that process one of the things that we were doing in preparation um i was i was having some conversations with some other people in the office we were talking about how sports comes into play with a lot of what we're thinking about on mm -hmm. these things and one of the things we were talking about was the whole idea of the process that it takes in order to be able to get there one of the things that as you guys were talking something that i was thinking about like my sports jiu-jitsu and so in that sport one of the things that we constantly talk about is like the most difficult thing in it is walking through the door. It's mm. just showing up day to day, like that's the most difficult portion. And what I've thought about in all that stuff, we just had belt promotions and some of the black belts were talking about this. People who got promoted to black belt were talking about this. It's like, don't come to class because you wanna get a black belt, come to class because you like being in class. Like, that's it. If you don't enjoy the process, you're you can sit there and you can bang your head against the wall the entire time and sit there and just hate everything about it and have this vision. But eventually so many people give up throughout that process because it's just uh, like, why am I doing this? I just hate doing this over and over again. But if you're in an environment where you're sitting there going, hey, I'm, I feel comfortable where it is that I'm at, I want to continue to come back, even if it's maybe the work itself isn't exactly what it is that I wanna be doing, even if mm -hmm. there are these, you, you have these minor complaints that are coming along the way, if overall you just get fulfilled by just coming in and working in what it is that you work in, then you've at least got something. Yes. And then to what you said, like, then all of a sudden you just start reverse engineering that. Okay, so what are the things that I like about my job? What are mm -hmm. the things I don't like about my job? How do I have more of the things that I like about my job and less of the things that I don't like about my job? And then continue to go, okay, so I get fulfilled by that stuff. And if I wanna have a job that has all those different types of things and I wanna develop, if I have something that I wanna work towards that's over here, well, now all of a sudden you've got, you've got that direction in the middle of this. So you're not so aimless anymore. And it's like, okay, now we can work towards these things to a point where now I'm coming into work and I'm being fulfilled day in, day out, having worked towards this goal. I think it can be so scary just admitting that you don't like where you're at. I think just as former accounting students, you're so ingrained, you have to go to these certain companies, you have to be auditor tax, like you said. And so when you get in that role and then you realize that you don't necessarily enjoy it or you don't see yourself there long-term, it's so hard to leave. It's so mm -hmm. hard to figure out 
you know, like, or admit to yourself that you, maybe you're not cut out for it. And that's not bad, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different facets of even just accounting that you can do. And it's so scary, I guess, to admit that and then want to leave and have that leap and jump around to different and try new things. But I think that, you know, obviously there's so much more fulfillment and happiness on the other side. So just, I don't know, embracing the change can be hard, mm -hmm. but definitely rewarding. And then once you finally figure out, and like Sarah said, like she may not know right now where she wants to go. And honestly, like the goal can change, like, and don't be afraid of the goal changing. So say you are in a certain position and you really want to develop this skill set, and you go through it and you get to that next level and you're like, you know what? I don't really, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think being able to like admit to yourself, like, you know what, goals can change as long as I'm happy in the process of whatever I'm doing. I think that's so much more important and mm -hmm. you can find more fulfillment in that versus, oh, well, I did this, I committed to this and now I don't like it. I can't change my mind now. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's so many interesting things and in like what you said there and then mm -hmm. what you said in some in one of your previous mm -hmm. answers, talking about, I or both of you may have said this, talking about looking around at the people who are around mm -hmm. you and sitting there and going like, is this an environment that it is that I want to be in? And then in what you just said, which is sitting there and reflecting upon, okay, like how, like admitting, I don't want to call it defeat here, mm -hmm. but that feeling like you are admitting defeat. <laughs> that, yeah. those two things coming into play. It's it's this weird scenario where you're sitting there and you're telling yourself like, oh, well, I'm not the type of person who gives up on mm -hmm. things. And here I am like giving up on things like, uh, like I'm not that great at this, but there's, uh, there's, there's small things to not give up on and there's large things mm -hmm. like to quote unquote, like not give up on. Or, you know, it, you have to take steps in your career to sit there and take a look at everything and reflect upon like, all right, what am I working towards in the middle of this stuff? And to your point, if I look around and I go, what am I working towards? And at the end of the day, it's going to be something that's miserable. Mm -hmm. Then it's okay, then I'm working towards the wrong things. And now we need to take a step back and we need to reevaluate. If it's just like, eh, I had like a long day or something like that. And now I feel like quitting everything. Okay, maybe that's a little <laughs> bit of like, you know, maybe we're going in the wrong direction here. Yeah. But if you're not feeling fulfilled by what it is that you do day in, day out, and when you see the light at the end of the tunnel, or maybe what's not the light at the end of the tunnel, and you're just going like, that's not what it is that I wanted mm -hmm. like at all, then it's totally fine for you to sit there and go, okay, so time for a pivot. Right. <laughs> I remember starting my first job and questioning, am I just not cut out for work? Right. Like, do I just not like working? <laughs> I was so panicked. I was like, oh no, like, am I just a terrible employee or something? Um, yeah. That the really... same feeling. Yeah. yeah like, like, I think we all saw that one. Yikes. Do <laughs> I have to do this <laughs> and it, forever? And, it's, <laughs> and it's so weird. And you get there like, I don't know about you guys, but I get there periodically throughout, yeah. like throughout my career. All of a sudden, I just yeah, I just sit there sometimes and I'm just like, I don't think, I don't think I should be doing any. I don't think anybody should let me near clients. Like yeah. this is just, it's a bad idea for everybody. Yeah. But no, it, it's it's. But then you start to figure out there are certain things that just bring you life, and it's yeah. like, wait a second, I'm actually really good at these things, or you know, okay. People tell me that I'm really good at these <laughs> hey, things. You, can, you are good. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's but it's it's one of those things where all of a sudden, the, but that intersects with this bit of 
I actually really enjoy doing this thing. Uh And so all of a sudden that gives you life and has you pulling in a particular direction. And it's just like, sometimes you just haven't found exactly where that intersection is. And that's totally fine Mm -hmm. to be in a space where you just don't know. But when you find those things by going through experimenting, figuring out new things, then all of a sudden it's like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, no, there is a role that is there for me where I can do all the different things that I'm good at and things that bring me excitement day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, now I run towards that. I don't run away from the things that I said that I hated all this time. Mm -hmm. And you're not a passive participant in your career. You're If you're running, you're moving. You're not just like sitting there and letting life happen to you. I think that's a big mistake people make when they feel stuck is they're like, oh, it's somebody else's problem to get me unstuck. And it's nobody's problem but yours. You have to be an active participant in your career if you want to enjoy it. You said something that that struck with me. I think there, when, when we talk about external pressures, mm-hmm. right? And when you get started in your career, and it's like, oh, I'm not this, or I don't feel like I can do that. And and but I I think there's there's a negative force that is keeping that it tends to keep people on track, which is like, well, if I don't do this, then I won't make enough money, or I won't do this. I don't have a home. I yeah. won't have a home, right? When, yeah. that's, that's yeah. kind of important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or food. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Food, food and housing. Yeah. Those are two. Uh, if you got those, you're in pretty yeah. good shape. But uh, the wisdom mm-hmm. then that comes from like, okay, well, maybe it isn't this one. But when you do end up in that seat where in the learning is fun and you know just you're excited to get there, success or failure, it's I'm just enjoying this that environment. Inevitably, to your point, the knowledge will come, and once the knowledge comes and you get good at something, then you will become more marketable, right? Mm-hmm. But it's this like short-term mindset that maybe creates a blind spot to the fact that that's a reality. And that's in fact, probably a lot of the people we look around at, they just love what they do, which is why they're good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said something, Sarah, that, that was important. And I want to segue into our next topic, which is be, taking accountability for it. But I, I think you know brought up something in, in our pre-planning that it's, I think, expanding our mindset beyond what development is. You said, yeah. you know, if you're waiting for somebody to come develop you, that's kind of a passive approach. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit more about expanding your mindset? Yeah, I think um, so many of us see development as let me acquire these skills directly related to my work at work. Um, it's somebody else's responsibility to give you that opportunity or, you know, whatever kind of fixed or constrained mindset you could have. But I love to encourage people to like think beyond that. And for example, um, the greatest development opportunity I've had in my career for public speaking came from serving in children's ministry and teaching three and four year olds who are tough critics, <laughs> by the way. If they're bored, if you're not engaging them, they will let you know. But getting those reps in front of these kids is really the thing that gave me the confidence to start speaking publicly in front of people. And then because I was like, yeah, I'm not afraid of that anymore, I had opportunities arise at work. And so I think just having that mindset of, hey, I may not be getting the opportunity I want at work, but are there other places? Is there a board I can join? Is there a place I can volunteer? Is there even an event I can plan um, where you're managing people and you're managing resources and all of those things? And so I, I think, yeah, thinking beyond the here and now in that little constrained bubble, black and white, and expanding beyond that kind of creatively. Yeah, and I, I know you you mentioned jujitsu was yeah. a, a, a way you discovered and benefited from some skills development. 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've ever drawn from that is operating in uncertain environments. Um, the big thing that happens in my sport is a lot of people think about like, oh, like, are you a black belt, you know, after like two years or something? And it's like jujitsu on average, it takes you 10 years to reach your black belt. Wow. So like you have very slow, like, like in those noticeable improvements, like those those markers that exist in time that establish, okay, you have X amount of skill set, they are very far apart in between them. And so you have to get very comfortable with, you're not gonna get recognized for the improvements that it is that you're making along the way. And the way it works isn't like, oh, you go through and you take a test and then all of a sudden somebody like gives you something for it. It's just one day, all of a sudden your instructor comes over and like gives you a belt and is like, you're at the next, you're not at the next level. And then you just go from there. <laughs> it's not, it's not an environment that's very structured in the way that we're used to. And so there's a component to that. That is how do I operate in a space where say I get put on a client and they don't know what's wrong. They're just like, we think it's this, but you know, I don't know. And then it's like, all right, we got to find a way to be able to navigate this thing. We got to find a way to like make these improvements. And even at some of that, people probably aren't going to recognize the improvements that it is that you're making, but you accumulate so many of these things and then are able to package it in a way where all of a sudden it's like, okay, and here's our first mile marker where it is something that looks like this. And it's like, oh, wow, look at all the stuff it is that we did. And it was small incremental changes that were made over time. And it's not, you're not gonna get that instant gratification of like this thing is going to establish that you have made it here. It's, you have to have some of that internal fortitude that sits there and says, okay, no, I actually am achieving these things in order to be able to get to a larger goal. So that kind of operating in, in uncertain environments, that's something I have a personal, personally a very difficult time with. And there are different gyms that operate differently and some of them you can go to are much more structured. But I intentionally chose one that was much more unstructured to be like, I gotta get comfortable with something that is not in my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I gotta get comfortable with something that's gonna push me into spaces where now all of a sudden I can take all that stuff, I can bring it back into what it is that I do day to day and then go, okay, now how can I give that back to other people? Callie, you you recently <clears throat> had a you know, really big impact here at, at Embark and just you know orchestrated and managed a mm -hmm. lunch and learn series of women in leadership covering a variety of topics and improvement areas. What did you learn through that experience? You know, that's not necessarily part of your role, but you went mm -hmm. out and did it. And I imagine you learned something about yourself. I think there's something cool about being able to bring topics that you're passionate about or things that you have kind of seen research about and you want to know more. And for me, it was just as much learning as facilitating. I was learning along right with everyone else and learning a lot just from conversations that were had with people of very different levels of experience, whether they were two or three years out of college versus 20 years out of college. It was really cool to kind of get a lot of different perspective on some of the topics that we all felt were very important and just like they affect us all in different ways for women in leadership perspective. And I think one thing, like I said, just being able to bring that passion into your workplace, like it didn't necessarily have anything to do with accounting, right? So I have a CPA master's degree. I have years of experience doing consulting work, but I was really passionate about learning about women's, women's role in the workplace throughout history. And so how can I learn about that, but also encourage other women that might be passionate about to learn about that too. And 
identify issues that we can address at work, but also identify things that, hey, like this is a really cool thing that we get to do at work. Or like, this is something that where I work, I've been surrounded by people that do this really well. So I can learn from that too. So I think the opportunity to bring something outside of accounting strictly and bring that into my work has been super fulfilling. And so kind of finding other things you're passionate about, like public speaking or like sports, like there are clubs you can join like within your own company or outside where you can kind of get that other level of fulfillment outside of just like technical accounting work. I thought what 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 made me smile too mm-hmm. was the amount of people who joined in on that mm-hmm. and journey with you and experience. Um, uh, myself included. Yeah. Like I, I learned a lot from it. It's, it was interesting. You you create that opportunity, you put mm-hmm. it out there, and then wow, a bunch of people are interested in that. Right. Um, one one other you know route under this umbrella is you know it could be a, even a side hustle. Like mm-hmm. I, I I for ten years job hopped and couldn't find either the right fit or growth opportunities or even just like the same value system that I believed mm-hmm. in. And so um, I I started my own thing and uh it was a disaster uh but but i learned so much from that experience that then kind of oh maybe maybe marketing is an area that i want to go into and then you know later on in my career i started another company and then i you know mildly successful but what i learned through that experience was just the skill of proactively going out and asking questions and learning from people and then using that knowledge to go create solutions to help them get to wherever it is they might want to get to a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's a skill that I find to be applicable in leadership, management, business, whatever, starting company relationships. Like it's something that, uh, again, not only developed me from a professional standpoint, but in other aspects of life too, which uh, is uh, just interesting. But, uh, you know, Callie, you, you brought up something too, which is, you know, another, another way we can develop ourselves, which is going out and just shadowing other people. Yeah. I think I've been blessed with people in my career at different stages of my career in different companies that have been where I think I want to go. And Mm -hmm. so shadowing them, asking them questions, what was your experience like? You've been working in their workforce for 15, 25 years, what does that look like for you? How did you get to where you are? I think I wanna go there. And so there's so much wisdom to be shared and you realize really quickly that it wasn't always perfect for them either. And so they also struggled along the way. And obviously people don't broadcast their struggles while they're going through it. But the, I guess when people are willing to share that with you, like, hey, yeah, I worked at this great company. I got to do this super cool role. I did some interesting work, but it was really hard for my family. Or it was really hard to travel for that. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't like the people I worked with, but I loved the work. And so just hearing how they kind of navigated that is Mm -hmm. so great and learn, you can learn so much from that. And then also, you can also learn that oh, that path doesn't look like I thought it did. So you were CFO at this company. How did you get there? I want to go do that. Well, I had to do this, this, and this first. And you realize, well, I don't like doing that, but maybe I need to do that because it makes me a more well-rounded experience, like person for a CFO role. If I don't like this specific aspect of accounting, that sucks, but I might still need to do it because my end goal is this. So I guess just like getting that wisdom from people that are further along in their career and then figuring out the journey isn't going to be what you thought it was. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it's a, 
it's a big time saver. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about yeah. it, work smart, right? Go, go, yeah. go, yeah. learn. And I actually, you know, you you brought up the the lens of, uh, you know maybe appreciating some of the sacrifices and mm-hmm. how it can help you get to your ultimate goal. But then also I, I, I love even looking at it from the other way, which mm-hmm. is, okay, I think I want to achieve this goal, but maybe I'm going to uncover without having to go put two years of my life into it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uncover some of the trade-offs that maybe right now uh, I'll either be aware of it before getting into it, or maybe I know that that maybe has a conflict with kind of the lifestyle I want to mm-hmm. live maybe. And so still another form of learning. Right. Yeah, it's making me think of the old phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it too. (laughs) I think when it comes to development, if we're being honest with ourselves, we want it to be easy. We want it to be frictionless. We want it to be smooth. But in reality, the things that develop us the most are actually the things that challenge us the most. Mm -hmm. And it's like the pushing through difficult times or even thinking about sports, like the way you get really good at a sport is through the really hard practices and pushing through and building resilience. And so I think there's the, that element of sacrifice is so important, particularly when we're thinking about being stuck. If you wanna get unstuck, you're still gonna be uncomfortable. You're just gonna be uncomfortable in a new way. We've reached the midway point of this episode. Are you enjoying the conversation? Be sure to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom that can help you work smarter to level up faster. Speaking of which, have a follow-up question or future topic request? Email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll help you get wherever you want to grow. And now, back to the discussion. I enjoy trying to understand when people make a change. Mm. And uh, like, there's, there's like this... I don't know, like a mathematical equation in my head that it's like when, when you're when your fear of status quo exceeds your discomfort of not knowing what the downside could be mm-hmm. if you choose to do yeah. something different, that's when you make the change, right? But but it's good for, there's been times in my life when it I I wasn't happy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it needed to be a little bit more painful for me to actually <laughs> yeah. make a change, right? And then yeah. it just kept getting worse and getting worse. And then eventually it got so bad that I was like, I don't even care what happens yeah. if I, but yeah. I just mm-hmm. cannot keep doing this. I dare yes. you to fire me. Like, you get to that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Not a great place to be. Don't let yourself get there. But, well, but honestly, like sometimes that's, it's kind of the best place to, like yeah. some, sometimes you need that. Like, yeah. like the lowest, like there's there's a place where you can get to which is like it can't go much lower than this <laughs> and then you sit there and you go okay so there's only upside from here and then that's that's really mm-hmm. that that whole social norm thing that you're talking about it's like okay like let's make an analogy to what somebody's life might look like right like they're all of a sudden they're in you know they're on some project or something at work and things are just bad and then they go from project to project everything's just bad and bad and bad and bad and like they just keep going like they feel like they're getting like worse and worse at it and it's like it's bringing them down and down and down and eventually it just kind of breaks you like you just feel like I don't really have anything left to give you mm-hmm. at this point. I've given you everything I can and there's just really nothing left. And at that point, that's kind of the bit where you sit there and you take a look at it sometimes and go, okay, if I'm this broken and there seems to be no fixed for this fix for this thing, the only thing that makes sense is this isn't for me. Like mm-hmm. I need to go and I need to do something else. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of us I know I've gotten there on several occasions, but unfortunately you just get there and that's where the most amount of, now I need to take a step back and I need to reevaluate things and I need to look at it from the stance, from the stance of change. Like 
I'm generally speaking a very risk averse person. So my upholding of the status quo is normally like very, very high up there. And so it's not until I get to that point when I just feel broken that it's like, okay, like the only thing that I can do at this point is make a change. Like that's that's the only way I can get better Mm -hmm. from here. Once every one to two years, (laughs) right? So you gotta be like, I imagine though, like there's almost poetry in this, right? There's, Mm -hmm. there's like, you start maybe living and figuring out who the heck you really are once you encounter that discomfort, right? And then I would say then the opposite end of the spectrum after 10, 12, 14, 15 iterations is that there's a little bit more comfort with it, but then also you start embracing the journey of not even knowing, right? But mm-hmm. but you maybe have some more confidence in yourself that this will work itself out and I can maybe enjoy it a little bit better. Yeah, I feel like I was, the risk averse my first time through, it was like I had to reach the breaking point where, uh, man, there is no way up. We just got to get out. <laughs> and then now I find myself kind of just getting antsy and I can kind of key in on some of those things. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get a little bored. Or, oh, I fall, I need to challenge myself in a new way because I'm like almost too content. I know that that's, mm-hmm. sounds weird, but I'm like reaching this point where I feel antsy. And then, yeah, so I, I feel like I've gotten a little faster at catching it and trying to like throw myself into the risky side because I had a positive experience uh, with risk the one time. Probably similar to you, Callie, where you've yeah. taken some big risks and it it's when they pay out. off and yeah. you have a good experience, <laughs> you're like, oh, I can do this again. And like the small risk gets a little bit bigger and then a little bigger. It's just like development. You don't go from, the zero to 100, you go from zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 yeah. 30. Like I would have never moved to South Korea straight out of Waco, Texas. <laughs> right. But I made the move to DC first and it was kind of the prime step yeah. <laughs> to changing, completely changing career paths for like a year and then completely different country. But yeah, I think I recognize even in college, I was three different majors. And so, <laughs> and I applied to, I almost accepted three different, co- and I transferred colleges too. So like, I'm a yes. very, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to do something Try else. Things, and so yeah. I think there's the people that are risk averse and I would consider myself risk averse in certain areas, but I'm a seven wing six on the Enneagram. So I'm more adventurous than risk averse. <laughs> and so I think embracing that for my personality and my goals in life is I try to even not get bored. And so some Mm -hmm. people might wait till they're stuck to kind of feel like maybe I should try something different and I don't ever want to get to the stuck spot. And when I do, it's really low for me. I think I experience the lowest of lows if I do feel stuck. And Mm -hmm. so recognizing that, hey, that might be coming. So now's the time to try something new before it gets too bad Mm -hmm. um, is just a different perspective of it. But I think yeah, I think just branching out and even if I might feel, I try to feel unstuck into some area. So if I feel stuck development wise, as in accounting skills, I'm still out there. I'm on a board of a nonprofit or I'm in volunteer cohorts or I do other extracurricular things. So like I try to be unstuck somewhere. So I'm not stu- unstuck. I'm not stuck like everywhere. So I'm always trying to like diversify my development. I feel like if you and me went to a restaurant, right? And the menu was like really large and I like would just be there factory. like 30 minutes and yeah. I'd be like, I don't know what to get. And you'd be like, let's just try seven different things. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> the best thing is when everything's good, but I'm also indecisive and it's like, there's too many options. Uh-huh. I want to do all of them. Yes. <laughs> Life's more fun that way. It is um, more fun. So we talked about some some opportunities that, you know, can happen 
at work, be it shadowing other people, but sometimes we're in environments that might change. And I know you had an experience where you, you know, leadership change, you had somebody else come in and that's another way that you can embrace the opportunity to level up. Oh yeah, you wanna get unstuck, get a new boss. <laughs> That'll change everything about your work and you have to adapt and learn a new person's style. And it, it can be scary, but I've had a ton of fun cause I've been lucky to be just surrounded by awesome people who only make you better. Um, some more than others. No, I'm just kidding. The one, the one who's who's getting the short end of that stick knows who he is. <laughs> and uh, and you also have you know things like uh, YouTube, books, online courses, other ways that you can go get information externally. Mm -hmm. There's one other area that I think that probably is intuitive, but I it, I don't think it necessarily gets uh, I don't think as many people embark down this particular path. And that is to, and kind of along the lines of shadowing others and, or even leveraging, uh, you know, ministry, for example, to develop your public speaking skills. I think we all know networking is important and we all know relationships can open doors. But I think when you proactively start reaching out to people who are maybe do something completely different than you do, or maybe do the exact same thing, but at a different company or maybe a different level, right? I think reaching out to people and um, we'll even phrase it this way. The amount of time and money we put into going to school, I think if everybody took one year early in their career mm -hmm. and the goal for that year was, you know, take a fraction of what you would spend at university. And instead, every week, I want you to go out and interview two or three different people who do completely different things. I want you to interview founders. I want you to interview accountants. I want you to interview designers. And I just want you over the course of that year to go build relationships, find out what they love about what they do, discover those challenges. And then when you find challenges or people, because both of those things are important that really resonate with you, make some notes. And then at the end of that year, tell me what it is about the type of people you want to work with. What was it specifically? And then what are some of the challenges that are really compelling that seem fun for you to go solve? And my hunch would be that there would be, we would walk away from that experience having a lot more insight into what is out there and understanding a little bit more about ourselves to where we could maybe get get a little bit further to that point where we actually enjoy the learning. I think, so I think that's an interesting idea. What I would say is like, there's portions of my life where certain things have come to me, like at particular points in time in my life. And I look at it and I go, that came to me at the right time mm -hmm. in my life. Cause there's times where so many times I hear people talk about, well, I wish I would have just had this thing earlier in my life. And I don't really experience a ton of that because most of what I'm like, oh, okay, I was able to experience this thing and I was able to pull stuff out of this thing. And it came to me at the right time because I was able to experience that and go, oh, wow, like here's all the different things that came out of it. I don't think if I had done that earlier on in my life that I would have gotten the same things out of it that I would get out of it today. Um, for example, when you were talking about going through and interviewing people, I think interviewing people is a skill. Like that's something <laughs> that you can go through and develop, right? And yeah. that's something that maybe to get the information that I needed earlier on inside my life, I probably didn't have that skill developed enough in order for me to be able to gain the most insightful information. But being later on now, 
I love doing that, right? Like you meet people mm -hmm. in random places or like whatever, and they tell you they do this job. And then it's like, great, I have a million questions for you. <laughs> I just want to know everything it is about like your job. I was, I was talking to, um, I asked, I asked uh, my wife, Rachel, um, I think it was yesterday, like literally yesterday. I was like, do you have a friend who's a sommelier? And she was like, yes. And I was like, I would love to talk to this person. <laughs> I just want to know everything about their job. Like if they, if they're willing to go through and talk to me, I'd be so interested to hear just, there's so much stuff about that. That would be so incredibly interesting. And I think that, you know, you, you come into different points in your life and you, you start to develop certain things where it's like, maybe you could do it early on if it's something that you're very excited about. Like, let's say that you're just super into video games or something like that earlier on in your life. And you're like, oh, here's somebody who works in the video game industry. And I'd be really excited to learn about like what's going on there. And then all of a sudden they start telling you stuff. And then you're like, wow, this completely changes my mindset. Like I just, Thought it was a dream career and it turns out you're working you know 120 hours a week and like i don't understand like what's going on over there so like i don't know like there's there's different i think that's a very interesting idea that you could apply not only like if you took a year off from any of that stuff and like did it but i think you can apply that consistently over the course of like of your life and career and i think so much of what you would learn throughout that process would it would probably be some of the most impactful stuff that you would learn, but I think the types of questions that you would ask and the types of people that you would interview and how any of this stuff works would be something that you would develop over time. And that in and of itself would be a skill in addition to all the skills that you're getting out of the questions that you're asking people and the interviews that you're having with people. I can't argue with any of that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. you know, I didn't because, want you to argue with it. No, 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 it <laughs> timing... Timing really does play a role in this, and and I and I would also, you know, to your other point, this is not, you know, it doesn't have to be a year off, right? It, it can be ongoing. It can be at a, you know, one one person a quarter, but but proactively getting out there and getting out of your silo, so to speak, even if you're content yeah. and happy or great at what you do, if nothing else, you get somebody else's take on either what's going on in the world or maybe even a different vantage point of what you're doing and maybe that elementary level insight helps you appreciate the fundamentals that you are so far away from now that you're in the weeds right or maybe it is is that really a thing is that going on can i really go do that that sounds awesome right yeah it's like we need to network but we should look for diversity when we're networking it's kind of the buzzword is echo chambers but we don't want to live in an echo chamber and in the accounting profession, it is really easy to look up and be surrounded by only accountants. And I think one of the downsides of that is there's this lack of gratitude because you're comparing yourself to people who are all college educated, making similar income to you, living a similar lifestyle to you, probably have a similar discretionary budget as you. And so when we expand our horizons, it cultivates gratitude when you look at what other people do. But it also, you know, I'm sure a sommelier would have so much to add beneficially to your consulting skills. Like they would have ways that they interact with people and gather information to figure out what type of wine somebody wants. And you can translate those skills creatively to your world. Like it's when we silo ourselves off and, and just think, oh, I can only talk to people in the accounting and finance profession. It just doesn't add as much benefit. One of one of the books that is going around our office currently uh, that we're reading is um, Unreasonable Hospitality, mm -hmm. which it's so interesting that a book about 
uh, running a restaurant yeah. is what all of a sudden we're drawing so much of our information from and how we're able to sit there and go, okay, maybe this isn't, these two things aren't equivalents, but they are, there is enough similarity in, let's say like emotionally, like where certain things come into play, which is a lot of what it is that we're trying to talk about when we're talking about hospitality and people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding within the middle of all that, how how do we, how do we, how do we play with this? How do we manufacture those things? Like, how do we how do we turn this into something that's like a skill? Like, how, how do we do something? And it's something that's completely unrelated to anything it is that we do, but there's so much interesting insight to be gained from all that of like, how do you, um, how, how do you, how do you, how do you expect the unexpected? How do you sit there and go, how do I anticipate somebody's needs before they even know what their needs are or their wants? Like in the, mm-hmm. like, it's such an interesting thing to play upon and understand and think about, well, how could I apply that into what it is that I do? And to a certain extent, sometimes like even when you go through and you're talking about things in that way, you start to realize like, okay, like that's actually not that far like me making a change that's going to have a meaningful impact isn't really that, like I don't need to make a massive change in order to do that. We're already mm-hmm. doing quite a bit of this stuff. I just need to play within these rules in order to be able to make this thing happen. And it's yeah. really not going that far outside the box. Like we were talking about like incremental changes and whatnot earlier, and it's just, it's small, it's small little things. It's like, oh, okay, I do this small little thing and all of a sudden it has this huge impact and that's great. And that idea never would have came to you if you didn't sit there and go through and, in our case, read a book about restaurants. <laughs> when you, you're an accounting and finance professional. When you're an accounting and finance <laughs> professional. You, yeah. You, you, I think you just, we just identified another layer of development. Yeah. Right? Be, because a, a lot of this, the, the context previously was kind of benchmarking ourselves within the constraints of like, this is where I think I need to go, or this is where somebody else I've seen them go. This is how they got there. This is the way business has been done. How do I get to the point where I'm competent on that level to be really, really good? But there's another layer of development, which is going beyond where other people have gone, or or, or in this case, getting insights or perspective from something completely different. I think one, one thing that comes to mind, have you ever been to a a sushi restaurant where they have like the conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was just thinking, I was like, this is not rocket science, right? But how many times have I been in an airport and seen this go around and then somebody, you know, a restaurateur saw that and then just let me apply this mm-hmm. to this already existing business, right? And how does that change the customer experience? And how does that change the business model, right? And so many other layers to it that would not have been realized if you just compared yourself to every other sushi restaurant. Sorry, I'm feel like I'm taking over a lot of this conversation, so I apologize. (laughs) Um, But one of the, we went to the Dallas Museum of Art like this past weekend. And one of the interesting things that I thought about as I was walking through it was subject matter in different paintings. When you go through, this, this might sound bad, but like when you go through the American section, how much of it is oil derricks and like um, advertisement, like plays on advertisements and like just different things. It's very interesting sitting there and looking at things through like the lens of an artist where they're able to find inspiration for their pieces of art in so many different, like their medium is to 
is to provide something that is beautiful and interesting to look at. And they're able to find that through inspiration in so many different areas. It's something completely mundane and is just sitting out there in the middle of a field for like what it is that we we go through and we see an oil derrick and we go, like, okay, it's an oil derrick, like I'm in Texas, like that's, I kind of expected that. But like for somebody to sit there and do that, and then you put that up in contrast with so many, like whether it's like the African art or the European art or, you know, uh, uh, any of the Asian art. And it's like, they're all talking about like these different subject matters in the middle of that. And like, but I think that there's something that's so interesting that's there that is, if we looked at things through the lens of an artist and sat there and thought, well, how could I find inspiration in all these things that somebody may take a look at and think of in their daily lives as being mundane, but in my daily life is like something that's entirely different. And now I can present that in a way that's brand new and an interesting perspective on something that other people thought was, you know, like other people may just go like, just take for granted. Mm-hmm. You- you're making me think of something that Sarah said in a previous, I don't know, in passing or on a previous podcast, but it was, it, it, it reminded me of the same thing, which is, I don't a hundred percent remember the context, but I, I, I know that it was, <laughs> um, you said a way to, it, I think it was related to innovation, but you were saying a way to do your job differently was to bring humor mm-hmm. into it. And yep. that, to me, that is kind of an example podcast. of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it stuck with me because I would have never thought of it. Yeah. But then I, like, I took a step back and I was like, "That makes a huge difference for mm-hmm. you, for everybody else." And it's 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 got nothing to do with the first hundred things somebody would say if they're saying, "Tell me how to be a good this or that." Yeah. I've done that in every job I've had. I'm like, well, I want to have fun, so I'm going to find a way to make this fun. Um, I had one a person I was working for where I would write fake tick marks and um, leave them little little trails and little notes in like some of our work papers and just like see if they'd notice and review. Obviously, I would clean it up on the back end. I was a good employee, I promise. <laughs> but I wanted to have fun and would like send them little secret messages. And you just find ways to make the day go by a little faster. Um, but that can translate a little bit more seriously, I would say, into like if I'm presenting a training to people and you're just sharing content for a full day, that's boring. But if you can spice it up, add some fun, make some jokes, like we've laughed on this podcast even, like it just brings a different level of enjoyment. And I think there's just, like, yeah, if you're having fun, the development, the work, all of those things just becomes easier. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's one of those things that's such a simple concept, but at the same time, <laughs> like how many people are that never occurs, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, in my case, I don't think I'm that funny or even particularly that interesting half the time, but being around somebody else, it gives me inspiration, right? It helps me see something different or maybe even brings out something that was inside me that wouldn't have awoken if I hadn't encountered you, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think there's something to that as well. It's like, how many times have you sat through a training and you just listen to somebody who's just incredibly monotone and like not funny. And you're sitting there going like the entire time, like, I just wish that this person was like way more interesting and funny. <laughs> and it's like, but it's like a problem to be solved. And all yep. of a sudden, like you can come in and you can bring that in in the middle of all this stuff and go like, it's Ooh. taking something that's like incredibly mm-hmm. like like that that's, that's a necessary thing to be there, but nobody, but everybody sits there and thinks like, oh, the content is the most important thing. And it's like, no, the content isn't always the most important thing. 
lot of times it's the delivery in the middle of it. Yeah, you just gave me a good business idea. Yeah. Comedy consulting for, for training and development. <laughs> How to be funny when yeah. you're training your How to be you funny even though that you're not. Go viral. That's I was about to say, my most fun. memorable studying for the CPA exam was Peter Olento. Yes. And all the jokes he made. Yes. I don't remember anything they said except the jokes they made. I mean, the I passed the test, so I don't yep. need to remember anything they said yep. now, but I mostly just remember the jokes they made. Yeah. And I still quote them sometimes. If I hear another sugar bear, I'm going to just like <laughs> throw a chair out a window. <laughs> oh, man. So one of the, we've touched on this, but I, I really want to hammer it home because I think it's, it's maybe, you know, we've articulated a lot of ways that you can develop yourself, but mm -hmm. ultimately it's taking the accountability for doing something. And um, that's not always easy. It may be uncomfortable. And I, to put each of you on the spot, can anybody think of a time where maybe you did want to make a change and you had to go out of your comfort zone? Not, not so much in like what we talked about, you know, it's time for me to make a change. I'm just going to go do it. But maybe you knew it and then you had to go confront somebody or bring it to somebody's awareness, your family, your boss. What was that experience like? Yeah, I have an example of uh, very early on in my career in accounting and finance, I was kind of siloed into only working on healthcare projects and it was great. I learned a lot about healthcare, but I didn't know anything else that was out there. I didn't know if I even liked healthcare because I had nothing to compare it to. And so I, raised my hand, asked my boss at the time, hey, I'd love to try something new. Uh, he was able to get me onto like an auto dealer project and there was sacrifice involved in that. Like in order to be developed in that way to get a new experience, it just ended up elongating kind of my working project timelines. It was just, oh yeah, sure, you can do that in addition to what you're already doing, but it was worth it. I had an amazing experience. I loved broadening my horizons and that auto dealership ended up being one of my favorite projects I got to work on because I liked the auto industry more than healthcare. <laughs> I found out. How about, uh, you know, volunteering? Um, that's another way that, uh, you know, it, I, th I think we tend to think about things, well, is that my responsibility or, you know, when I get promoted, I'll be able to go do this. But what's what what truly is the barrier of you reaching out and saying, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm interested in this. Do you have some, is there some way I could help out? Is there something I could lead? Do you have something in the past that I could even look at and go learn from and come back and follow up with you? Those opportunities are there. Um, I'm, To my knowledge, I'm not aware of anybody who's ever been turned down <laughs> by, by voicing that. Yeah, I spent um, the past year working through a cohort of an organization here in Dallas that partners with nonprofits and they provide pro bono consulting to them on a wide array of topics. So they can provide accounting consulting for free to nonprofits. They can provide um, capacity management, work on strategic plans, help them with fundraising, help them with grant writing. They can help them with IT implementation for free. So someone will come out there that's done this professionally. They will help provide um, insight into what software to use for their logistics or their inventory management, and they can implement it for them, no cost to them. So that was really cool. Just, I still work with them today as obviously nonprofit volunteer capacity, but just learning the difference between charity and justice is what we talked about a lot. And so obviously you think of charity, you think of, I'm gonna go pack some meals at the food bank, or I'm gonna donate to this cause. And you're, 
not that you're not making an impact, but sometimes the impact can ver be very short term. So I am feeding a family for today. And so obviously that can be a long-term impact, but I got really interested in what opportunities are there on a volunteer basis that I can help a long-term impact. So right now I'm working with a nonprofit to help them with their accounting. So mm -hmm. I'm a CPA and I have experience helping companies as a client do accounting. So now I can say, hey, I've done this professionally. I can come out here as a volunteer basis and help you with your books and your financial reporting and giving them insight into their financial position. How how are they managing their money? How can they get more fundraising and how can they change lives with that? I think is so impactful in figuring out that I can do what I do professionally on a volunteer basis makes my professional work also so much more fulfilling because I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had never learned over the past six years, seven years of my career, how to do the things I'm doing. And then now I get to give back and I'm more, to me, it's somewhat more meaningful than just a check every month or sometimes just a one year give. I can give of my time and my intel, like my knowledge and expertise and make an impact that way as well. I think that, and that, that even, uh, I don't know how much there is out there of what I'm about to say, but mm -hmm. I've, I've encountered <laughs> it a few times, which is this sense of like entitlement to where somebody would, would almost, well, if you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you, that's one illustration of just the power of, you know, Hey, it's good to, to do things, to help other people. It makes mm -hmm. you feel good. It, it's, it, it, there's more of that in the world that we're living in a better place, but there's also from a development standpoint, there's the there's the long term outlook, which is I'm going to do this today, you know, for all these good reasons, mm -hmm. but I'm going to acquire the knowledge and I'm going to get more reps that I wouldn't have gotten. And then that in turn, in addition to the impact on society, is also going to make me more marketable to be able to go do that and then get paid well for it right. one day. Right. And it, it can be one. It can be the other. It can be both. It, there's no right or wrong necessarily. But. I think anybody who may have that mindset of I'm not going to do it unless you pay me or I'm worth this much and I won't accept that is maybe closing some doors that would unlock some pretty awesome future opportunities. Yeah, I guarantee there are nonprofits in Dallas and around the world that would love some of these services for free. And if you are willing to give them and like you said, like I'm helping them, but of course it's helping me like I have done this work slightly on as paid professional at my company, but I get to learn it again and do it again and then hone those skills and it's financial reporting, it's budgeting, it's FP&A, it's stuff that I'm really interested in. So I get to do that as a side hustle almost for free, which is fine because I'm helping them, they're helping me. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. And that's the key word. Yeah. You're also building relationships. Relationships yeah. are part of development. The more people who know you, the more people who know your value or the ways you can help, the more people who've experienced that value, the more opportunities we mm -hmm. all open up for ourselves. Um, it doesn't have to be linear. It can be across. It can be something completely unrelated. Mm -hmm. uh, if I need a bodyguard, I'm hiring Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> kidding. Uh, but uh, not kidding. Okay. <laughs> is, is there uh, probably that idea? Is there anything we've missed or anything we need to reinforce a little bit more before we wrap up? I think what you were just saying is probably the thing I'd want to emphasize the most is just this long-term lens. Development is a marathon, not a sprint. Your career is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's particularly difficult early on in your career to feel that way. And so having a holistic view on development, you may feel stuck today, but what will it look like long-term? Just, yeah, it's a mindset shift. I think it helps too when we've brought this up, but to go out and, you know, build a relationship with a Sarah, a Jonathan, a Callie, somebody who's got, you know, if nothing else, unique perspective Mm -hmm. and can save you a lot of time and frustration by challenging you or, or giving you a little bit of encouragement to better yourself. Anything either of you two would add? Yeah, I would just say, we kind of talked about it in our pre-planning, but about the types of resources that are out there. So I think not that there's anything wrong with my CPE education and some of the technical skills I do need to learn and they're very important for me, but I've, I think I develop the most when I'm looking beyond that. So when I was taking my online certification to go teach English and so, or when I've joined professional organizations or volunteer work and looking at professional development in a different sense of just technical accounting, that there, there are online resources for that as well, like learning, like doing CPEs and getting uh, credits towards your CPA license, but also professional development. There are so many resources that are free, talking to people, interviewing people, shadowing people, finding mentors, finding a coach, and then getting involved in other organizations outside of your company. Jonathan, bring us home, man. I don't feel like there's anything that we missed. I feel like if I just said anything at this point, I would be distracting from everybody else's good points. So I'm not going to say anything. Well, um, you've each been on podcasts before. And I just want to say it's, uh, I think this has been my favorite conversation. And I, I really enjoy the opportunity to get okay. to do this with y'all. Um, and look forward to the next one. Uh, great discussion. Appreciate your insights and just your passion. And um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. I hope you got a ton of value from our panel and choose to transform their insights into action and unstoppable momentum. If you have a follow-up question or a future topic request, please email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com. That's podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll get you wherever you want to grow. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom to help you work smarter and level up faster. And lastly, if you're a repeat listener, consider supporting the show with a five-star rating so those algorithms can expand our reach and impact. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Cheers.